I love watching people's reaction when they don't know that's coming. That's That's amazing. the best part. Here Thank we, you for playing that. You're welcome. There we there go. There it is. Our, this is a uh, Dickel Bottled in Bond Series 3, which is All right. pretty spectacular. The Bottled in Bond Dickel mm. is always good, but Series 3 is aged 13 years. It is impossible Ooh. to find a Tennessee whiskey that's aged 13 years. It's Man. essentially what the, a single malt or the American version of a single malt, and it's I mean, smells great. It is great whiskey. So, my guest is Chuck Armstrong. Um, Chuck, I would tell people what you do, but I don't really even know the answer to that. So, that's (laughs) part one is what exactly do you do, Chuck? What do I do, man? I don't know. I live in New York. Right. I uh, am a pastor. I knew that. Yeah, Yeah. I pastor a small neighborhood church. Uh, And I also work uh, in radio. Like you, Patrick. Like me, right. I just thought, the first thing he says, I'm a pastor. Here's some whiskey, pastor. Let's drink and tell stories. No, um, I'm, I'm a cool one. I mean, I'm the pastor where they let me drink the whiskey, that's so right, it's that's fine. Right. I'm very um, choosy with uh, my denomination. Right, yeah. I was like, let me see. I want to pick a, I want to pick a church to become a pastor in. Which ones allow whiskey? That's right. <laughs> I'm like, this one doesn't allow dancing. I'm fine. I don't dance. Can I drink? (laughs) Can I eat cheeseburgers? We're going to be fine. Somebody told me about a church where they don't allow anybody to eat. Cheeseburgers? Like, it's vegan. Everything's vegan. I'm like, oh, man, wait, hold on. I don't remember anything about that. Yeah, I haven't haven't come across those scriptures, man. (laughs) I was raised Catholic. We couldn't eat meat on Fridays, and we still ate fish, and I've never understood exactly why fish isn't considered meat, (laughs) except that if you ask my grandmother, she'll tell you it's not. So, all right, well, that's all you need to know if grandma says it. Yeah, we don't eat meat, but we eat fish. I'm like, I want to go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not really sure. <laughs> I'd love, someone's going to write in and tell me, and I'm, you know, you could make it up. I wouldn't know. I didn't grow up Catholic, man. So I, uh, I eat meat on every Friday. Every Friday. Yeah. I never understood I think fish when on my, Fridays. Yeah. And... Well, I think when my uh, grandmother, when she was young, there was a time where they didn't eat meat on Fridays. At all. Now right. it's just during Lent, like right before right. Easter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't eat meat on Fridays. Just a few weeks. Just a few weeks. And then I don't eat carbs. So imagine how oh, fun man. that is. It's <laughs> like, what are you eating today? Broccoli. <laughs> That's it. I'm going to eat broccoli. You could eat, oh, there's so many other vegetables you can eat. I don't like any of those. I like, like broccoli, broccoli and Brussels sprouts and sometimes asparagus. That's it. Just the green stuff. Yeah, I'm not real big on salads. Salads don't yeah. do it for me. People get all excited. Like, you like broccoli? I can't get past this. You got to cook it. Like, and, okay. and I'm probably going to put butter or cheese on it. But <laughs> okay, yes, I'll okay, eat broccoli. Okay. okay. <clears throat> all right. And, it's and a conduit. I, I will tell you, though, Brussels sprouts, if you'd have told 29 year old me that I was going to love Brussels sprouts this much, there's no way I would have I believed you. That's right. I don't know like when I decided Brussels sprouts were delicious, but I think it was in my early 30s. What do you put just, in them? How do you cook them? Oh, you can cook them just a little bit of seasoning, salt and pepper and garlic, and then roast them in the oven. Yeah. You know? It's kind of a pain because they kind of like cut every single one of yeah, them in yeah, half. Yeah. Like there's no easy, quick way to do it. They're kind of leafy, right? They fall apart. Right. They want to fall apart. I but... throw them in the skillet and I get some Ooh. dried cranberries and I put oh, them in there. Okay. And if I have bacon, 
Bacon is always bacon. good. Yeah. Brussels sprouts. I mean, bacon's good with bacon. Anything. Bacon makes almost everything better. I saw somebody put bacon in pancakes the other day, and I'm like, right, listen, I've, I've never tried that, but the fat boy in me goes, yeah, that's, that's good. Right. You know that's good. Not that pancakes needed to be better. Right? But no, but let's come put bacon. They're like, these are chocolate chip bacon pancakes. <laughs> yes, sir. You have my attention. I'm listening now. No, my other thing with Brussels sprouts, you go to restaurants and they have like fried Brussels sprouts. Not like battered and fried. They just like flash fry them. Oh, yeah, yeah, Those yeah. things are always amazing. I've had that like cauliflower. Like they oh, do yeah, it's also like great. buffalo ca- cauliflower. So it's like, Boy. you know, they try to pass it off like a buffalo wing or whatever. When I was a kid, cauliflower was this thing that like old people ate that looked... It looked like broccoli, sick cousin. It, it, you know? is. it is. I hate cauliflower. It's terrible. But but now all of a sudden because of keto and everybody's doing keto, like bro- right. cauliflower is having a good cauliflower couple rice. of years. Cauliflower Ugh, rice, mashed I cauliflower. Let's pretend it's potatoes. You know no. what? We know that we know it's not. No, is rice that bad for you that you have to eat cauliflower rice now? Yeah, it is actually. Man, uh, and listen, I'm I'm Cajun. I grew up in Louisiana, and rice is the essential part of all everything. meals. And so it's the thing I miss the most when I'm on my diet. And next week uh, I'm going to cheat because it's Thanksgiving, and I'm, I'm y'all have no idea. I'm going to eat so much rice. I'm lining up. I need some Greek food, some Mexican food. I need some Chinese food. And we're going to go get some sushi. I'm going to do so a nice like traditional Thanksgiving. Yeah, no. I'll listen, I'll I'll eat whatever they have on Thanksgiving, and but then I'm going to spend the rest of the weekend. Uh, I have a friend, uh, my friend Chelsea. She works at a record label or. I don't know. She used to. Now I don't have no idea what she does. But she works in the music industry, and we used to, we always have lunch at the same sushi place. Right. And we haven't gone in a long time. And she said, well, "You're always on this diet." I said, "What are you doing the Monday after Thanksgiving?" Because I can prolong my Thanksgiving cheat an extra day, <laughs> and we can go eat sushi on the. And my wife is pregnant, so she can't eat sushi. So it's not like I'm eating something she wants to eat. That or that, but she. Wait, you know wait, what I mean? Wait, well, wait, she can't. No, no, no. You know I what think I mean? You're, I think you're digging yourself in a hole. Why? Does she want to eat sushi? Well, yeah, she wants to eat but sushi, she can't but she eat can't. It. But no, what I'm saying is, if I went out to a restaurant that my wife would like to eat at, and I go without her for a business lunch, that would be bad. But she can't eat sushi, so it's not my fault. <laughs> who cares if she wants it? Yeah, who cares if she wants it? Like, listen, lady, these are the rules. Her, her, um, I don't know how much, I, I'm probably not supposed to talk about this, but welcome to the podcast. Um <laughs> Her OBGYN is like... Yeah, this is too far already. It's too far. No, but she's like five feet tall, and she weighs like... She looks like she weighs about 90 pounds, right. and she's she used to be in the Army, and she scares the crap out of me. <laughs> she's like... I was trying to make jokes, because that's what I do, right. you know? She's doing this uh, this ultrasound, and it's a little baby, and it was just one... And I, I was like jokingly rooting for twins, and so I was like, check, like, oh, get around and see if there's another one behind that one, and she did not find that funny at all. I feel she, like the I feel like that that doctor space mm-hmm. isn't a place for jokes. Yeah, you know what it should be. It, it should be. It could My be. doctor makes fat jokes and she's great <laughs> at it. Man. Some of the best fat jokes I've ever heard came out of my doctor's mouth. And it's her way of reminding me that I'm fat. <laughs> Thanks. Because, yeah. you know, like, they teach that in med school. <laughs> exactly. Because you don't want your doctor to walk in and give you like a really hard up lecture about how you're too fat. But when she comes in and makes a couple of jokes about how, you know, she can hear your shoes squeaking or whatever, like, I'm like you <laughs> yeah. know what? I get the message. That's doc. nice. Good yeah. And uh, or the other side is the doctor not even saying anything, right? Oh, no, things yeah. are great. No, you're fine. Really? My arm fell off. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> You got. You don't need to do anything. It's gonna be fine. Just keep eating cheeseburgers. See how it works out. <clears throat> that you know. is good whiskey. Isn't that good whiskey? Ooh. That I think it's whiskey. like. I can't believe we're recording this at eight in the morning. Man. <laughs> <laughs> 
It is not. It is late in the it's afternoon. Not. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. it is. No, that um, that's like forty bucks. Like that's right. incredibly good for the price. That is, yeah. That's Probably what's... be like a hundred in New York. Just oh, oh, yeah, just for the right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> is is liquor really expensive in New it's York really City? Expensive, I bet it's man. crazy. What's a bottle of Jack Daniels cost? Do you know? 30, 40 bucks. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, that's high. Yeah. This is probably in the low twenties here. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Man, because I, you know, I'm, I'm a, I love music, and so I, I picked up like Bob Dylan when he did some whiskey and Metallica. Oh yeah, right. Those go for like, I think the lowest like eighty, but oh, wow. Dylan's whiskey usually like one twenty in the in the stores. Yeah, oh yeah. wow, yeah, yeah, no, it's maybe sixty, I maybe seventy yeah, here. Yeah. yeah, I assume that's around there. It's crazy. I grew up in Louisiana where it, I feel like I already said that, but okay. Um, in Louisiana, the liquor is cheap. Yeah. And I had no idea how cheap it was yeah. until I moved. And it's not bad in Tennessee, but um, yeah. it was really cheap in Louisiana. And also you can buy it in gas stations, which it's, it used That's to right, shock yeah. me when I would not be able to buy liquor in gas stations. Now I've lived here so long <laughs> that when I go home and I stop at a shell station and they have whiskey and vodka and whatever behind the counter, it's like... Is it caged up though? No, no, just out there. No, it's just <laughs> there. A pack of gum. Yeah, <laughs> we need. I need a, a pack whiskey. of gum, some Doritos, and I'll take this tequila, please. <laughs> Let's call it a day. Yeah, but, I grew up. I grew up in uh, Kansas, where you couldn't right? buy it on Sundays. Oh, you can't buy so it on Sundays you'd have here. To cross the uh, the state line because mm. we live close to Missouri, so you'd go to Missouri to buy. Oh, it. they let you buy liquor yeah, in Missouri yeah, on Sundays. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Heathens. I know, right? Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I think here you can't still can't eat meat. buy. Can't eat meat on Friday, can't but you buy can liquor. buy liquor on yeah, Sunday. <laughs> That's no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> we try to make it, you know, we're trying not to have too many things. What always confused me about what they call blue laws is in Louisiana, it used to be, and I don't know if it still is, you can't buy a car on Sunday. Oh, man, I have heard mm-hmm. that. You know, there's places in Jersey where Target's not open on Sundays. When I The first time I went to Germany, one of my best friends lives there, and the first time I went was... 1997 and it was shocking even in the 90s how everything's closed on sundays everything and it's not because they're super religious it's because it's just it's just to give people a break yeah now that i can get behind which i mean i guess that's cool but like when what am i supposed to do on my day off (laughs) well that's like if everyone's my day day off yeah like yeah. that's when I'm supposed to go to Target, you know. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Like if Target is closed, yeah. I want some Chick Fil A on my day oh, off. Oh man, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, is Chick Fil A the only? It's probably still the only one that does that. I think so. Yeah, and they still do it. They do it in New York. They do it everywhere, man. That's kind of awesome. And they're like the third most successful fast food chain. Like it doesn't hurt them. No. If anything, it helps them. I think you know, it helps them. I think people like it. They got, I think it they makes got the higher power happy. on they their never, side. Well, yeah, well <laughs> yes, there's that. But also, I mean, they. you think if you're an employee, you know you never have to work on Sunday. That's right. Um, I, if you think Chick-fil-A is not well run, go to a Chick-fil-A for lunch. Look at that line that wraps twice around that building. <laughs> and just as bad as it looks, you will get through it. In a pretty good amount of time. Then uh, over here across the street, there's another fast food place. I won't name it, but it's the most famous one. And it's across the street from the Chick-fil-A. And there's a third as many cars in line, and it will take you longer to get yeah, through that line. Yeah. And man, Absolutely. smiles everywhere at Chick-fil-A. Oh, yes. It's just, it's wild. It's I don't know how you can replicate that, but 
I feel like we should let those people run the government. <laughs> just run everything. Just run everything. Can you let the people run who the- run Chick-fil-A run TSA security? <laughs> because you imagine how much better it would be to go through the oh airport security if it run by the people at Chick-fil-A? What about uh, should they run the OBGYN uh, office? Uh, I'm not saying they anything. They might laugh at your jokes. They might laugh at my jokes. They don't laugh at my jokes at Chick-fil-A either, by the way, just for the record. <laughs> they don't. It could be that I'm not funny. It could also be that these people are busy. That's fair. They got a lot going Nobody on. Nobody laughs at my jokes. <laughs> you know, now it's that I them. think of it, <laughs> nobody ever laughs at my jokes. That's not true. It's just not. So I laugh at your jokes. Thank Patrick. you. That's why you come back. That's why that's you why stick I, around. It's because you're here to laugh at my jokes. Okay, I'm going to talk a little bit about you. So uh, you don't have to talk about what you do now. That's fine. Whatever. Right, right, okay, right. how'd you get into radio? College. Okay. So I went to K-State, Kansas State, uh, in Manhattan, Kansas. And I came in as a secondary education major. Okay. English. Not because I wanted to be a teacher, because I loved writing. And so I thought English was a good major. But you can't just be an English major because, you know. What are you going to do with it? <laughs> what are you going to do? So I'll be a teacher. Right. And I loved all my English classes for the first, like, year and a half. And then when I started taking education classes, I hated it. Yeah. I was like, I can't sit through this. I can't student teach. I can't, like, check all these boxes just to be a teacher. And one day I was walking through the uh, student union, like the plaza. The Wildcat 91.9 had a- The Wildcat. <laughs> had, a, had, a, had a table set up. Giving away CDs, giving away, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whatever, like little paraphernalia from record labels. And I remember getting, a, you remember John Mayer Trio, the blues album that John Mayer did? If you uh, don't I'm, remember I was about it, to say, I'm a little older than you, I, so I missed that, I think. But they, uh, yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> we can talk about that later. Uh, but they, they had a match uh, a matchbook for the, for the Trio uh, album. And so I remember grabbing them, like, oh, sweet, free stuff. Mm-hmm. And the guy's just like, hey, you want to be a DJ? I was like, <laughs> they're recruiting yeah. people at their promotion and that's how stable, they, and that's how they recruit. <laughs> that's actually literally good. anybody. I don't even think I spoke. He didn't know if I if I had a voice. He's like, "Hey, you want to be a DJ?" And I was uh, like, "No, hablo inglés." <laughs> you know, that would have been awesome. <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah." <clears throat> so I went to the meeting, and I just fell. I mean, like head over heels, oh. and just my whole life changed. Dedicated every, every second I had to that student radio station, to interning with every station I could. I entered in New York City during college, worked in Kansas City, then moved to New York and just just love it, man. How do you start in New York City? <clears throat> like that seems impossible. Well, I mean, I I was a, I was a weekend jock in Junction City, Kansas. Mm-hmm. A small uh, top 40 station, Power Hits 975. The power. And uh, I, Power uh, Hits. I was doing weekend. <laughs> I love the names of radio stations. I just I'm such a nerd for it. I, I was it. doing weekends and then I actually got I got promoted into evenings. Which is great. Uh, and then I had to leave for a summer internship in New York. So, you know, it was just an internship. I mean, listen, man, it's great to intern in New York. They didn't pay me <laughs> anything. Right. I had to make my own way. Mm-hmm. I had to pay rent. I had to pay for food, all of that. So, you know, it's it was, I mean, it changed my life. Absolutely. But, yeah. you know, it was, it was like <clears throat> I was the one person who was willing to do it for free. <laughs> I, um... I, yeah, I mean, in radio, it's all about market size. You know, yeah. everybody. Yeah, even, yeah, I, yeah. I still hear it. I wish it wasn't a thing that people do, but I hear people go, "You believe he moved from market one fourteen to market ten? Right, well, yeah. is he good? Right, do you, yeah. Why do you care?" Also, listen, you know? I I love New York. I've lived there for twelve years. Uh, the radio there, it's not like 
astronomically better than Mm -hmm. anywhere else. And in some cases, it's worse. Mm -hmm. And it is what it is. I mean, like, honestly, small market, medium-sized market radio, I love, man. When you're in a market that's not saturated with with different media outlets and whatever and different stations and you got local talent talking about stuff, playing music, it doesn't get better than that, man. I love when radio does unusual things. Yeah. You know, the stuff that most radio people in big markets make fun of, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I, look, at least you're doing something, you yeah, know, yeah. I like out, out there promotions and crazy contests and crazy, you know, yep. themes and th- like, because yeah. it's the only mar- medium where we can still do that. And what does it really cost? You know, yeah, like, let's do a wild contest or let's do whatever. Yeah. Uh, Dude, I, I grew up listening to. I think one of the greatest rock morning shows in the world. Uh, can I say? Can mm-hmm. I, is that, yeah, yeah. Uh, Johnny Dare on 98.9 The Rock, KQRC FM, Kansas okay. City's rock station. Kansas City. Uh, which I eventually worked for and was on the air for, which is a dream come true. But Johnny's been on the air for, I mean, like three decades, just owns the market, owns Kansas City. And uh, and he, man, I remember growing up listening to him do do things like he buried himself alive, you know, for mm-hmm. charity. He froze himself alive, mm-hmm. like in an ice block, like all these different crazy you know what's funny things, is man. Those those stunts. There was a company that did those, yeah, and I they did the same ones in Baton Rouge, uh, which was close to where I grew up, and I I, I even almost did one of them, but I got <laughs> sick right before oh, I had got man. really sick, and so uh, another jock had to take my place. Oh, man. It was the buried alive one. And uh, then he died. You know, and we know he's fine. Uh, but I know someone else that had done the Frozen Alive, yeah, and I yeah, know yeah. a couple of people I mean, have done that. those things are wild, like, man. It's crazy. They but do that's these amazing, big man. Like, Why listen not? to that. And like you said, you just, I mean, the the attention that brings mm-hmm. and the the like the com- camaraderie and the community that brings, you just can't pay for that. Like, you can't. I love it, man. But, you know, when you get bigger market, bigger market, bigger market, it gets tougher to do that. Right. And, Bigger personalities, it gets tougher. I think everybody's afraid in radio to, in the big companies especially, everybody's afraid to do anything to stand out because if you if it doesn't work, that's you just made yourself a target. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's true. I mean, that's true. Just in our world, right? Probably nobody wants to fail. Nobody wants to fail. Nobody wants to to take a risk. That's right. Yeah. And be the one. You know. But I I feel like the some of the corporate. Uh, power structure kind of does that. I know you work for a big company, so I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but you Great work company. for one of the, yeah, exactly. You you don't work for one of the big mean ones. <laughs> 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 there, I said it. Uh, <laughs> cheers. And neither do I. I, right. I, you know, but I used to. So I used to work for the one big company that everybody <laughs> talks about. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, yeah, I remember, man, I remember I had, okay, so uh, full disclosure, if you're listening to this, you probably got, you know, most people find this through uh, my involvement with the Big D and Bubba show, but I have listeners who don't, but hi, mom. Um, <laughs> other than her, and most people are listening to this because they know me from Big D and Bubba, but uh, I also did a rock show on the side and, it, and I did right. it for 10 years. Uh, and I, I remember we would reach out to stations who didn't have anyone on in middays or didn't have anyone on at night. And we would say, listen, you know, we'll give you our show. You just give us a couple of minutes a day yeah. in trade for that. Yeah. And, and you know, for commercials and, and we'll give you, we were trying to grow it. So we weren't yeah. asking for money. We were literally just like trying to give the show away to grow a network <laughs> and stations would be like, no, nah, we're good. I'm like, 
you literally are just running music and just jukebox it, and yeah. jukeboxing. Like you don't have anybody on. It's a rock station. Don't you need somebody on to say something stupid so people pay attention? <laughs> I, I will say stupid things. Uh, listen, Drew will say really stupid things. Like this is our thing. Like look, no, no, because people. It's, it's a mixture of laziness, incompetence, and apathy. Yeah, yeah. You know, Oof, and a lot of apathy. That's it, man. All three of those. All, it's always all three. It's never Eesh, one. Man. Yeah. I've been saying that for 15 years. <laughs> Laziness, yeah. incompetence, and apathy. And if you don't work in radio, you probably think that applies to my yeah. you know, field, Everyone's too. shaking their head right now. Everybody, yeah, because not everybody's lazy. Some people literally don't know what they're doing. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And then there are people who are not lazy or incompetent, but they just don't care. That apathy, man. Ugh, oh, it's, it's the worst. Yeah. And I, I, I deal with it all the time. We, we, we deal with companies with radio stations, and, and they just... So anytime anybody's doing something, even if it's something that I don't think is necessarily good, or if I don't think it is very polished, but they're, but if they're trying, trying yep. it's like, well, God bless you for trying. That's I, right. I, you yeah. know, I, yeah. I root for that every time. Yep. And that's what's missing in our business. That and, you know, me being more famous. No. <laughs> That was just for me. Okay, so you get to New York City. So I get to New York City. And you were the program director of, like, one of the biggest radio stations in history. Yeah, as a program director for one of the biggest radio stations in history, <laughs> yeah. uh, WABC. Ha- I uh, mean... News talk radio station. I mean, it honestly, man, it was, like, just all... Everything everything you can think of when you hear right place, right time. Right. Like, it was just... It was the right place. It was the right time for me... Com- one, the company I moved to work for got bought by another company. And so through that, there were a lot of layoffs. It was a r- bloodbath. It was awful. Uh, but I survived that. And because of that, moved into the program director position of this at a really young age. So I'm running this gigantic radio station with huge personalities, mm-hmm. uh, huge talk radio personalities. And, uh, and it was great, man. It was like a dream come true. Like I could not... I I could I, I can't say that enough. Like it was my dream, and yeah, probably a year after that, kind of felt like my dream was getting crushed by yeah. you know the, the, the big companies you yeah. were talking about. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> and uh, and then I managed to get connected to this other company that I'm at now, and uh, and it's been great. And um, and a lot of that's because there's a belief in small to mid sized markets, and so right. not a huge emphasis on big markets and. But yeah, man. I mean, I but I still love New York. Live in New York still, and uh, I don't listen to New York radio though. I just I don't, man. Yeah, it's just not. It's not. I don't know, man. I'd much rather listen to anything else. <laughs> I don't. I, New York is if so. You don't know anything about radio. New York is the number one market in radio. Um, in in anything, it's the number one market. It's. Yeah. I yeah. believe I showed this to somebody the other day to try to. I, th- I think it was my wife. I was trying to explain how big New York City is. The media market is 50% larger than L.A., which is number two. Like, right, so yeah. if you think, oh, New York's number one, but L.A.'s number two. No, but New York is one and a half times the size of L.A. Like, that's how yeah. big the media market yeah. is. It's massive. But because of that, it's just <clears throat> it's saturated. And it's saturated so, with so much stuff. And yeah. then again, I always wonder, how many people are really listening to the radio? Well, that's, it's difficult, man. And, and like honestly, when I was in radio in the, in the city, a lot of it is you're talking to commuters who don't yeah. live in the city. Right. right, who are driving around in Jersey or Long Island or elsewhere, and and so because yeah, man, like if you want to listen to radio in the city, like it is a chore because you're yeah. not getting it in office buildings, you're nope. not getting it on the subway, 
And so, you know, thankfully now with apps and streaming, you get that. But that's, you know, yeah, it's I mean, different. I just don't, it's not like L.A. where L.A. is not as big, but everybody's, everybody's in, in their the car. car for Every forever. Every single person. Yeah. You know, that's right. It's a completely different vibe. So I think yeah. even though the numbers say more people are listening in New York, I've always thought maybe yeah. that's not. We just have a lot of people. So just it's a lot like, of people. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the density is just crazy. Yeah, I've never lived anywhere bigger than Nashville, so I have no concept of what that. Nashville is like market forty-one right. or something, like a million I mean, metro, million five okay. in the in the what we call the media market. For if you're listening, not in the city limits, but okay. you know, it's comparable to New Orleans or Austin. Okay, yeah, uh, kind of Kansas City-ish. Kansas City's bigger, a little bigger, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but so, what do you do now? I mean, yeah, we we know you work yeah, for radio, a company, blah, and you blah, do blah. radio, but what exactly do you do? I don't know. I don't have a clue. For the radio or, yeah, or no. on the other side with the, with God? No, I know what you do with <laughs> Jesus. What do you do with radio? I get to work with radio stations all over the country, and I help them with their content that they create okay. uh, on air, online, on at events. And, uh, yeah, I just it, it's I get to work with talent. I get to work with, you know, program directors. I get to work with uh, everybody. It, I love it. I, I get to travel to the markets and right. sit in studios and watch people do what See what they people love are doing. doing. Just try to help people be better at it. That's it, man. I mm-hmm. love, I mean, and this is partly why I felt drawn to, to ministry was I just, I love, I love telling stories and I love when those stories can connect people. And right. so if you, you know, if you think about like church, you know, a big part of church is like telling stories and, and trying yeah. to connect people, trying to connect communities. And man, I think the best radio is radio that tells stories and that radio that connects people, right? I mean, that's it. That's Even if it's the, the, the dumbest, goofiest stunt, if it's bringing people together and connecting people, that's gold in radio. And I think when radio doesn't do that, that's when yeah. you just kind of turn turn it off. I just think we lost our way when we tried to compete with well, it used to be CDs, but now, you know, uh, the streaming services yeah, yeah, and stuff. Man. I mean, you're never going to out Spotify, Spotify. Never, man. And you know what's interesting, too, is that Spotify, they're even, they try to compete sort of with radio. Like mm-hmm. they, they got their kind they're of creating these little shows. shows yeah. And, yeah. But for radio, man, to just stay true to, to its roots and be this free medium that is accessible mm-hmm. anywhere and everywhere and all the time. And that connects connects people right that's the thing is <clears throat> part of the problem with not just spotify but even netflix and you know amazon and all these things is those things are all great i can watch whatever i want anytime the problem is we used to all watch the same tv show that's right it's disconnected and so we're all disconnected yeah. like so we may not agree on politics and we may not agree on lifestyle and yeah. we may not agree on even sports but maybe we both like Seinfeld and we were watching it last night at the same time so that's we right. have something that we can connect on that's right the next day I was literally watching Seinfeld <laughs> before he picked me up <laughs> <laughs> well I meant 25 years ago but yes still now sure we can all watch Seinfeld um but there are no tv shows like that like I don't watch no. television on television now except it's for binging you know or yeah. it's or it's or it's you know you don't spoil this for me I haven't watched it I haven't yet, watched you know yeah, yeah. which I never game existed. of Thrones is the last time, like the last season was the last time I really felt like we were all watching the at same, the same TV time, show at yeah. the same time. I yeah, guess that's true. Yellowstone is kind of that way yeah, now. It's just not one of my like shows. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's not mine. It's on my list, but mm-hmm. but again, we're just as guilty. I'm like, well, I haven't caught up on that yet, so don't exactly. tell me about that's it. That's exactly it. It's so then we're not talking about yep. the thing that 
most people know about. Yeah, it's because disconnected. But that's where, and that's where, like, good radio just, you can't compete with it. And also, like, I mean, it, it's probably cliche, but just that personal connection to radio that you'll never get with Spotify. Mm-mm. It's great that Spotify can, you know, give you an algorithm. If you like this artist, you might like this artist. Right. But they're not going to give you a personality who lives down the street from you or shops right. at the same place as you or, you know, understands what you're going through in your community. And radio yeah. does that, man. And even in my sense, where I'm doing radio that people listen to all, all over, over the country, yeah. but there's still there's a sense still of a community. personal connection. You can yeah. still pick up that phone and call us, and we will answer it. That's right. You can still text us, and we will respond. And there's there's magic to that. Yeah. There's magic to being able to reach. Like, I can't pick up the phone and call Jimmy Fallon. I mean, I can, <laughs> but he's not going to answer. <laughs> he's not. Um but Big D and Bubba will, and That's I will, right and uh, you know, I mean, even the, you know, I'm sure there are some radio shows where they're they're just above that at this point. But yeah. God help us, we can never be that way. That is that's, that's right, the, the basis of our show. That's right. Is pick up the phone and call and talk to us. Well, I mean, the morning <clears throat> show guy I mentioned in Kansas City, Johnny. I mean, that's that's who he is. He. He is, he, you know, he's at every, he goes. I'm not very good at even keeping the microphone still, <laughs> yeah, but well, yes. No, I'm, I'm what, a radio fifth, professional. Fifth, sixth, sixth glass of whiskey? No, it was my, I'm on number Six whiskey, Patrick? One? Seven whiskey? Just uh, one? You know, I, I go to concerts with him or and, and go out with him. Mm-hmm. And he stops, takes pictures with everybody. Yeah. I mean, he's the nicest guy and he's genuine too. He's not just doing it to, to do it. Like yeah. he's genuinely interested in his listeners and fans. And, and that's just like what you're saying, man. Like. Someone calls, he'll pick up. He gives candy out at Halloween. Like he's an he's he's part of the community, and and yes. people know that. People right. know that about you. People know that about Big D and Bubba. Yeah, it's part of the and 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 maybe we don't live down the street from you, but it's still part of a community. Still a community yeah. And because we're all listening to the same thing at the same time. At the same time, that's right. Yeah. My my wife actually made me. Well, no, but I'll I'll rewind before that. I was dating this girl back in 2012, and I um. I asked her what she watched on TV because, you know, just starting to get to know each other. You know, what, what kind of TV shows? She goes, I don't really watch TV. She goes, I like to watch award shows. I said, oh, you just really into award shows? She goes, no, but listen to her answer. She Because she, it seemed weird to me because right, she was yeah. like kind of a hippie. And I thought, why do you care about the Grammys or the Oscars? That seems weird. And she said, well, I don't like sports. And so I watch award shows so that I can feel like I'm, you know, part of Man, something that everybody's watching. I love that. You know, because everybody watched the Oscars and everybody watched the Emmys. And unfortunately, nobody's watched. That was only nine years ago. But the right. numbers for that was the last live TV thing that wasn't sports. And because it was live, mm. everybody was watching it that night to see what happened. And yeah. so the fact that those things have become so polarized. Wow, and man. it's really cost us a cultural touchstone. And I read huh. five different articles the day after the Grammys. The Grammys in 2021, no, the Grammys in 2020 had their lowest ratings ever. And then in 2021, the numbers were half what they were the previous year. Eww. So they were half the previous all-time low. Yeah. And I read five different articles from five different news organizations the next day, and every one of them just said, well, I guess people just don't want to watch award shows. Nothing we can do. I'm like, no. Mm. How about you try to make them better? Right, How about yeah. you try to make this something that appeals to that everybody, that together. brings people together, right. instead of literally telling half of America you hate them and don't care if they watch? Eww. Like, yeah. that's – like, I'm, I'm not necessarily – 
I, you know, I don't know. I'm not one of these people that goes, this shouldn't be political at all. Yeah, you know, yeah, if yeah. you have your thing, have your thing. But look, man, you really made this something that doesn't appeal to a lot of people. And so you've taken away this thing that 35 million people used to all watch. And man. that's important. We need to have that. That's crazy. Yeah. That's interesting, man. I love that. I love the idea. Because, yeah, I mean, there's sports, of course. Mm-hmm. And- that will bring people together. That's, the that's, number one TV show for the last 11 or 12 years in a row is Sunday Night Football. There it is. Yeah. That's it. Now, think about that. It was never football before. Monday Night Football was huge 30 years ago, but it wasn't the number one TV show because right. more people all could agree to watch The Cosby Show or Seinfeld or yep. Friends. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the only thing anybody like watches <laughs> together is Sunday Night Football. It's because it's the only game on. It's the only thing. Mm-hmm. Man. That's it. So for 11 or 12 years in a row, before that, it was like American Idol and a couple other, but that that's it. We've lost the ability to have one thing we all agree on. Can you fix it? Or do you think it's too far gone? I think in order to fix it, ah, here's where you come in, because this wasn't the point of this, but why not? You're a big, important radio executive. I think to fix it- We need the we church. Need to, we need to- <laughs> <laughs> we do need the church, but for different reasons. I think to fix it, radio need and TV need to realize that that's the message. We can be the thing. Broadcasting can be the thing that connects people mm. and brings them together. It's not just about radio loves to tell you how important it is that radio is local. So I can tell you from firsthand experience that that's not that important. Like it's important if it's good, but radio needs yeah, to be good. It needs to be good. Okay. Yeah. Um but radio can be the thing. So that I, I mentioned my wife. What my wife told me four years ago when she started working from home was that the thing she missed most was listening to morning radio. Hmm. And I thought she was just sucking up, you know, to, by saying <laughs> yeah. that. But she said no because she didn't listen to my show. She listened to Woody and Jim in Nashville. <laughs> but she said the thing I list I miss the most is listening to Woody and Jim on my way to work, or or Free Beer and Hot Wings, which is her, to her other favorite show. And she goes, when I when I listen to those shows, I feel like. I, I other people were also listening, yep. and I was part of something that a lot of other people were part of. And when I would get to work, a couple of my coworkers listened, and That's we could it. talk about that. Yep. And it was a thing we could talk about that wasn't work, yep. because they're not into sports, and they don't watch the same TV shows. Yep. But they all listen to Free Bear and Hot Wings or Woody and Jim on their way in. Yep. Okay, So I think we need to capitalize on that feeling, that nostalgic feeling of, I like listening to the morning radio show on my way in yeah. and the afternoon drive radio show on my way home because I know other people are doing that too and that we're all listening to the same thing together. There's something magical. Yes, you can pull up Apple Music and listen to whatever you want or you can be part of the community and you can all listen to Big D and Bubba. Yeah, and that just doesn't exist anywhere else. It doesn't. Spotify... You know. For as great as, as platforms like that are, and they are, and there's things that radio can never do, obviously, they those platforms can never create that community. No. And I think that television needs to ta- look at doing a similar thing. Mm. I think that should be the selling point for the CMAs and the ACMs is, you know, do you really care who wins Entertainment of the Year? Probably. I mean, if you're not a huge country, like I sure. care, yeah. but I'm a huge <laughs> country music nut. Yeah. Okay? So I'm really invested in... Who, I also vote. So I'm really invested in who's going to win male vocalist and single of the year. Yep. But maybe you don't care. But it's going to be a lot of cool performances. And don't you want to watch something that you know of, the rest yeah. of America is watching? Yep. We can all watch this together. Yep. And I think that's the word that we need to bring in. Mm. I'm, I'm going to call the CMAs as soon as we're done. Are we recording um, this? We are. <laughs> we are. No, I, I think there's magic in that. And yeah, I'm in this group called Leadership Music where 
it's a bunch of people in the music industry. Everyone's the president or vice president of a company. Like it's it's people who have maybe not individually the power to change things, but collectively we're sure, supposed yeah. to be the leaders or the future leaders of the music industry. And I, I, I keep wanting to bring this up, and I've kind of done it in small groups, but at some point I'm going to have to say, look, this is how we can do it. Yeah. Okay, at least with media, with broadcasting, is we can tell people what was – everyone knows what sucked about broadcasting. Well, there's commercials, <laughs> and oh, it's and, you know it's only on at 8 o'clock on Tuesday night, and what if I miss it and I had something else to do? Like, those are drawbacks. Those are things that make yeah. Netflix better than TV. Sure. You know what makes Netflix not as good as TV? Your neighbor's not watching it at the same time as you. Yep. And you're not watching it together. That's right, yeah. So, so you can't say, hey, did you watch this? Oh, and I haven't no, watched it No, not yet. I haven't watched that yet. No, and I'm not caught stops. up. I'm only on episode two. Conversation's over. Exactly. No connection. Man, oh my gosh, good. did you see the Carrie Underwood and Jason Aldean on the CMAs? Right. That was a, wasn't that cool? I can't believe that, you mm-hmm. know, uh, Carly Pierce squeaked like a Muppet. That's right. Um, <laughs> That's she right. did. It was she awesome. Uh, um, but it gave us all something to talk about. And man, the way you're talking to about all this, I just like, I just think about the last 18 months, two years of this country, right? Of this world. Yeah. Like how much more we need this. Yes. This idea of together that you said. I, and I, Maybe I'm being pie in the sky with it, and I think that we're all going to swing back in this direction mm. because I want it to be that way. And because, quite frankly, for my career, it would be very beneficial if more people <laughs> listen to broadcasting or, or watch broadcast <laughs> television rather than, than you know, all right. of these, these services. But, yeah, I, think, I feel like people are realizing that they miss it. And if they don't realize it, if you tell them. It, it, they'll realize uh, yeah. that, you know what I do miss that <laughs> now that you say it yeah. now that you say that holy crap yeah. yeah I used to watch the stupid Oscars I don't care <laughs> a crap about the Oscars I never see any of those movies I've never I never did see the movies but you still watch the Oscars I used to watch the Oscars because I felt like I needed to because everybody was well, I don't want to yeah. be the one that's not watching that's right yeah you know there's nothing you can do to convince my wife if I'm not the one in control of the remote to watch a football game but she watches the Super Bowl <laughs> because course. it's the Super Bowl of course. So why can't we have TV events that are like that? Hmm. And get it out of this realm of, you know, everything's on demand whenever we want it. It's yeah. not better that way. It's not. It's really not. It's convenient. It's not better. Well, convenient's not always better. That's Back right. to the church conversation. <laughs> so this is where... <laughs> so filet of fish <laughs> on Fridays... <laughs> don't knock the filet of fish put a little hot sauce on that it'll change your life well, i'm just saying that's one way to eat it that's it's not that's bad the only way to eat it maybe i haven't eaten mcdonald's in over 10 years um you i don't McDonald's say that a lot 10 years? i haven't eaten mcdonald's since uh, new year's eve 2010 god bless you man yeah or wendy's burger oh. king or taco bell KFC, wow. none of those. God bless you. Man. I eat Chick Fil A, and I and people go. I thought you didn't eat fast food. And I go. Well, when I was growing up, Chick Fil A only existed in the mall, so it wasn't really fast. That's food. right, the food court. Yeah. So I cheat. That and they I give eat. you samples. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Oh man. They didn't give samples of the Chick Fil A much. No? Much. Oh, Sometimes they man. did. It's, it was slow, but what they gave samples were of was the little uh, Chinese restaurant next door and the bourbon and chicken. Always or... had sample. <laughs> man. And I knew that guy knew like we like the first time <laughs> it was fine. And the second time it was like maybe he won't recognize us. And like the third time he would start yelling at us in Cantonese or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And that's You've never lived until you've been a ten year old sneaking your third taste of that's bourbon right, chicken man. getting yelled at in, in some foreign language. So wonderful. 
then we don't have malls. No malls. And that's talk about community and connection. Again, and people miss it. What are you doing this weekend? I'm going to the mall. Yeah. What do kids do now? I don't know. We went to the mall. I really don't even know. It was a dream to go to the mall and to not and to not go with your parents. Oh, to walk around by yourself or with friends. Oh, I mean, as soon as I could drive, that's what we did. Yeah. You know, we went to the mall. The mall was 25 minutes from where I lived. I lived in a little bitty town, but the nearby in Lafayette there was a mall. We freaking drive all the way to the mall just to walk around. Yeah. Just to be there. Yep. You know? I, I, what do we do when that doesn't exist? I don't know. What do kids do today? I I don't know. My daughter's 12, so You'll she's not at that age soon. yet. I'll find out soon oh, enough, man. but I really don't know. Yeah. But there's something... Yeah, you can buy stuff online, and that's super convenient. And convenient. I'm not saying we shouldn't do it, but don't you want to go to the mall? No, I take it back. As a grown man, I don't really want to yeah, go to the mall. It was fun but, as a teenager. <laughs> but I think my wife still likes to go shopping. Sure, I think my yeah. mom still likes to go shopping. I yeah. think other, there are people who like it. I don't like to shop because I don't like to try on clothes because I'm fat, and it makes me very unhappy. Um, <laughs> did I share? Was that too much? Should I? Did I say too much? Listen, side note. By the way, Chuck, I didn't explain this to you ahead of time. I need to start telling my guests this before because no. I end up saying this on every podcast. This isn't really an interview as much as I need a co-host, so you're this week's co-host. Awesome. So part of this is me telling stories and you just being the person I'm telling them to. So no, we were at a restaurant. We are at this kind of fancy restaurant last night with me and my wife and, and uh, one of my friends from college is in town with her uh, boyfriend. And we're at this table. And the lady goes... I ordered a steak with Brussels sprouts. It comes with Brussels sprouts and potatoes. And I said, instead of potatoes, can I get more Brussels sprouts? And she goes, oh, but the potatoes are really amazing. I said, yeah, but (laughs) I don't eat carbs because I'm fat. And when I said that, her face, the look of horror and shock on her face, like I couldn't see, she had a mask on, but I could see her eyes and she was terrified. Like she had done something wrong because I just said that I was fat. Oh, my some people are just not ready for you to throw truth at them. That's right. They really don't see it coming. They're like, did he just say he was fat? Yeah, I did. Because I am. It's okay. How are the Brussels sprouts? The Brussels sprouts were unbelievable. I don't know what they did. There was some kind of sauce. It was like a red wine or poivre sauce. Mm. I can't say that. So <laughs> I almost made Chuck <laughs> oh, the whiskey went down it the wrong hole. <laughs> Don't choke on the whiskey because it burns. <clears throat> a poivre? Is a that poivre. <laughs> Isn't that is that how you say it? Do you Ooh. know? I don't know. You live in New York City. Why I don't, don't you say know? it? I don't say it's a poivre. A poivre? <laughs> it's just like the name of the um, the symphony center in Nashville is the Shermerhorn, but I like to pretend I don't know how to say that. It's just a lot more fun. Just mumble it. Just, you know, going over to the Shermerhorn. <laughs> I learned from Eddie Izzard many years ago that if you don't know something, just mumble it. <laughs> and you can get away with it at least 30% of the time. That's great. Yeah. You know, well, you know, back when the pilgrims came in 1600. <laughs> people don't know. They don't know. So go go ask people if they know. That. When did the pilgrims come? And they go, mm-hmm. I don't really know. What's the best concert you've seen this since COVID opened back up? Man, it hasn't been many. Uh, I know you love live music, though. I love live music. So, man, you know what? The best concert I have seen, probably, uh, I got to see the Foo Fighters 
Coney Island. Oh, wow. They played a, an amphitheater that holds like 3,000 people. Wow. So the last time I saw Foo Fighters, they played the Mets Stadium, which, you know. Like 60,000 yeah, people. Big yeah, big MLB stadium. And they play festivals. They play they, they played the Garden. At, they kind of opened mm-hmm. up live music in New York City, and they sold out the Madison Square Garden. And they just, they when they got the, uh, they got an Icon Award from MTV at an award show on a Sunday night. And they announced like two days before that they were going to play this Coney Island Amphitheater on Monday night. And I got a ticket. And I'm not, li- listen, I I appreciate the Foo Fighters. Right. Me too. And I can't argue against Dave Grohl's stat- stature. Like, right. He is a rock star. And he might be one of the only few rock stars we got right now. That's pretty much it, yeah. But I also, like, I don't always just listen to them just on my own. Uh, and so I'm not like the biggest number one fan, man. It was a great show. It was just, it was amazing. I mean, he's such an incredible front man, such an incredible band that he's got. And it was really cool to see him in such a intimate space, basically. So yeah, I'd say that I, I I'm seeing Dylan in a few days. Okay. Where? Uh, the Capitol <clears throat> theater in Port Chester, New York, which is a pretty okay. historic, uh, theater. And then I'm seeing Metallica in San Francisco for one of their 40th anniversary shows at the Chase Center. So I'm I've never super... seen Metallica. What? I've been to 3,000 concerts. I've Holy never seen Metallica. Man, I've seen them about 20 times. They're, yeah. they're my number one, man. That, I mean, you've never just seen never, Metallica. No, it just never works out. The last time they played around here, it was at Bonnaroo, and you can't well, give, there's yeah. not enough money. Yeah. There's no, You'd have to pay me, and I'd need a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> Or I'm not going to Bonnaroo. I'm not. Oh man, I'm not big with outdoor festivals. No, like I, I did that. a lot of that in my twenties, yeah, but like yeah, yeah. I'm old and I'm fat, and I would like a chair and it preferably <laughs> air conditioning. I do not want to go to your outdoor festival. I get that, man. I, I don't like to go to concerts where there's no chairs. I don't like it. I get that too. Mm, I get that. I'm not a fan. I, I went to a show last night and I was really hoping they were going to have seats and it was stand, it was standing mm. room, and I was like. It was tough. It was yeah. tough. I, was, I'm at, tough, you know, man. this is what happens when you turn 40. I'm like, <laughs> I, I I need to sit. I'm not going to sit the whole time, but no, I like yeah, the yeah. I'll tell you the best place to see a show in the world might be the Ryman Auditorium. If not, it's in the top 5. Sure. But the best place if you get down to specifics of a seat is front row balcony in the Ryman Auditorium because the balcony is not that high. You're you're barely right, above eye right. level of the stage and it's the acoustics are perfect. And the, the the sight line is perfect. And when you're in the balcony, nobody can stand up in front of you and ruin that. And I just <laughs> sit it. there and enjoy oh, my concert and like an old man, like I'm one of those two old guys on the Muppets. I just love it, except I don't yell mean things. I have before, but I don't always. Um, oh, God, I've seen some great shows at the Ryman. Yeah. I've it's only just, been there a couple of times, and I love it, man. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. I'll tell you the best show I've been to since COVID. Let's hear it was Luke Combs at the Wharf Amphitheater in mm. Orange Beach, Alabama. And about 45 minutes in, it started pouring down oh, rain. Oh, man. And nobody left. Mm. And we all knew it might that. rain. So, like, I had a Ziploc bag to put my wallet and my phone in. Yeah. You know, my wife did bring her purse. I put her wallet in my Ziploc bag in my pocket. And we just sat there. I was there with – I was also there with, like, 12 of my family members. I bought, like, 12 tickets to that show. Um. Because everybody thinks in radio we can get free tickets, and I can get a free ticket right. to almost anything, right. but I can't get free One tickets person. from everybody. <laughs> right. um, and sometimes they'll let you bring a guest if you're lucky, but I can't get free tickets for 12. you. 
you know, yeah. You're like, can you get me free tickets? No. Well, you go to stuff all the time. Well, yeah, because they want me to go. That's how it works. They're not just giving me tickets because, you know, they're giving me tickets because they want me to go to their concert so that I'll talk about it like I'm doing it right now. But I bought 12 tickets to that show. And so I'm there with my, my whole family lives in Louisiana. They're all drove. We all meet in Orange Beach. And, oh, my gosh. So we're all just having the time of our life. And it's mm. pouring down rain. And the after about 30 minutes, the band took a 10-minute break yeah, because they were worried about whatever. And then he, Luke came back out and went, you know what? If you're going to stand here in the rain, I'm going to stand here in the rain. And we just kept partying. Oh, it was awesome. amazing. Wow. I was like, you know, I, I, can, I can honestly say I've never been to a concert that you know we stayed out in the pouring down rain through the whole show man there's that uh community that connection exactly right that i guess you can still get it there and obviously it's a much smaller it's a smaller group yeah but man you know how big is that that amphitheater Ten thousand, maybe yeah. maybe and now luke's playing stadiums next oh yeah year. he's playing stadiums i saw luke once man i saw him in new york he played the mercury lounge it's this place that's probably 150 200 people oh yeah you'll never see and, that again no never and it was it was awesome. And then that's just like three years ago, man. Like he oh, is I know. just rocketed. My um, my best friend Dominic has. I I'm gonna guess he's the only person who can say this. He saw Luke Combs four times in three different countries Oof. in less than a year. In the right. same year. So in January of 2018, we saw Luke Combs at the Ryman, which was amazing. Front row balcony, yeah, even better. Um, then we saw Luke Combs at C2C in London. He did a songwriter show, and he did the main stage at the nice. festival at O2. And then my buddy went and saw him in Amsterdam like four months later. Jeez, so man. I was like, wow, you are, you've are you got to be the only person who can say you saw Luke Combs in three different countries. That's incredible. Uh, I've seen Kip Moore in three different countries, but it was and it was in less than a year. So I saw Kip Moore right. in Jamaica and in England and in... The United States, all in less than probably a, right under a year, but that's that kind of stuff. Though going, watching these guys on the way up, it's always a little bit sad when you realize you're never going to see that again. I'm yep. never going to see Chris Stapleton play with his full band at Third and Lindsley again. Mm. But I saw it twice, two Halloweens in a row. Ah, we went to me, see man. Chris Stapleton play for like 350 people at Third and Lindsley, and. Ah. One of the biggest regrets of my life, I got an email from a publicist saying, hey, I got this new guy. His name's Chris Stapleton. He's playing the Mercury Lounge. The Mercury Lounge. 150, 200 people. Oh. And, uh, and I, it was a Tuesday night. And I, and I listened. I'm like, man, this stuff's really good. Mm-hmm. But, oh, Tuesday night, I, I probably should. And I'm just going to say, I'll, I'll catch him next time. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. I just saw him at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. <laughs> Sold out. You next know, like, time. And, it, and that's and- it. That's it. I actually really, especially when I know the guys, like Luke, like I am so happy that I saw Luke at Bridgestone Arena. Like, of course I'm happy Absolutely. for that. I get that. And yeah. I loved it. And it's hard to it's hard to match the energy of 17,000 people singing yeah. along. Yeah. yeah. But, man, I'm glad I got to see Luke Combs play the Exit in. That's and awesome. And play these little dives. Like, yep. But, you know, I, that's why I go to those things yep. so that you don't miss them and go, man, I really wish I had gone yeah, man. and seen that when it was, you know, 200 people, yep. maybe. That's exactly right. I, um, My friend Lexi and I went to see Chris Stapleton open for Jason Isbell um, at the Ryman. Yeah. And I, this is how big of a Chris Stapleton fan I was. I've talked about this in other podcasts or talked about him in other podcasts. 
We used to, once we discovered Chris Stapleton, it's like a drug. Mm-hmm. You can't get enough of it. Uh, you know, and in Nashville, he played all the time. I saw him play writers' rounds. Mm-hmm. I saw him play musicians' corner in the park, which is like a free show they play on like a <laughs> Sunday afternoon. We went all the time anywhere we could see him. He pl- so he played Third and Lindsley those two Halloweens, and he'd do all these little shows around town, and we would go. And then his album came out in May of 2015. Yeah, and it was like okay. It's going to be huge. It's going to... Where's everybody at? Why is nobody paying attention? I bought like 10 copies of that CD and gave them to friends. Like, listen to this. You have This is homework. Come yeah. back and tell me why this is awesome. Like, what's, And people would go, this is pretty good. No, it's not. This is amazing. <laughs> like, I'm shaking. We're just, so it just wasn't working. Six months go by. You know, the, the singles aren't working. Yeah. Like, the albums sold okay. Like, yep. the, it's going to be okay, but he's not going to be what I wanted him to be, which was this huge star. Yeah. And so he's playing the Ryman with Jason Isbell, and he's opening, but he's there, and the Ryman sold out. And so, well, and I remember, I, I'm, I'm not saying this in any way to be like, I hope this doesn't come off as mean, but I really did think that night, well, at least he's playing the Ryman. At least he gets to play the Ryman, because I'd never seen him play a, a place that big before. Sure, yeah, there you, you go. You know, 2,000 seats, and the Ryman, of course, is legendary. And I'm like, well, I'm so proud of Chris. Yep. I'm glad at he got to play at the yeah. Ryman. You know, yeah, he's opening for somebody else, but these people love him. This yeah. is working out great. That yeah. was— um, Before his career fizzles out. Yeah, I mean, for him. <laughs> you know, and if nothing else ever happens, they'll never be able to say— I mean, he played the freaking Ryman, because yep. last year, it was, it was in late October. So, it, and exactly one year before, I'd seen him play third and Lindsley mm. for the second year in a row, and this was way better than that, and yeah. it sounds amazing, and he looks so happy, and his wife looks so happy, and this is great, and he's playing the Ryman. At least that happened. And then less than a week later, he explodes. He played uh, CMAs. the CMAs yeah. with Justin Timberlake, and, and then the and world blew lost up. its mind. And I, I've said this before. I think I told this to my friend Damon, who works at, at that record label on a podcast. Um, he won new artist before the performance, yeah. and I was really worried that people were going to be upset that he beat out like Thomas Red and some <laughs> other guys that they, they knew. No one knew who Chris Stapleton yeah. was. And I was like, so they say, you know, we're coming right back, and Chris Stapleton and Justin Timberlake will take the stage. And I looked at my friend Amanda, who was with me, and I said, oh, please, God, just don't let it be bad. Let it be, like, let the performance be good so that people won't call in the radio show tomorrow and go, who the hell's Chris Stapleton? Yep. Why did he beat Thomas Rhett? Yep. And he was terrible. And he came out and he burped on the microphone and it was awful. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, just just let yeah. it be good enough so that people kind of will watch it and go, okay, I guess I get it. Yep. I see why yep. the, all the people who vote for this love him. Yep. <laughs> and he came out and literally mm-hmm. slaughtered us. I mean, it, it was the most amazing thing I've ever... I was in the third row because we had won a CMA award that year. So <laughs> that's how, that's the best place I've ever been. That's the best single eight minutes of a musical performance I've ever seen live. That's amazing. It was unbelievable. Then a couple months after that, I come to Nashville and I stay at your place. <laughs> yeah. And we go to Grimey's and we buy Traveler on vinyl. Do you That's remember right. that? Yes, we yeah. have. Because yes. we couldn't find it anywhere. Couldn't find it anywhere. Because of the it CMAs. Mm-hmm. And Grimey's just got like a shipment in and we bought, we each got it, bought a copy. Think, you might have bought a we, couple copies. I did. Didn't we like, didn't we get like like a 
tweet like the, the, they'd come in that day or something yeah, like we saw it was, it, and yeah. we were we were there yep. 10 minutes later they to buy like them a stack of them that they just unboxed god you remember going to the record store yeah. in the mall <laughs> yeah i yeah. think ours was a music land and there was this girl I was like 14. She had to be like 19. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know the record store girl. Oh, I know the record store oh, girl. Oh, man. I had such a crush on the record store girl. I can still see her face. I can see cartoon hearts floating Oh, you Patrick's literally, let me right tell now. you, man, I can still see her face. I don't remember her name, but I remember her face and her hair and some other parts. And I was just so in love with the record store girl. Like how I wanted to be three or four years older so I yeah. could go sub. But I never I never got my chance. Yeah. I never worked in a record store. I never did either. I my, wish I would have. Radio was pretty cool. So Radio's I went cool. with that. But yeah. like I, I remember a couple of guys I know in the in the record industry, that's how they started. Yeah. Like if you didn't start in radio, you probably started at a record yeah. store. Yeah. I don't know what we were supposed to talk about, but I think that's probably uh all right. you know, is this we, now OBGYN stuff? No, uh, no, we no. Go, no, we're not doing any of that. I really don't want Vivica's doctor to beat me up. And I'm 100% sure, even though I weigh three times more than she, she does, could. that she could kick yeah. my ass. It would be so bad. So um, I'm sure I tried to get you to talk more about you. But you seemed apprehensive, so I don't well, want you, you to know, say I just so love much. listening to I the know. main host stories. That's my thing. That's why I'm It's my here. job. It's I what tell I stories. That's what we do. I know. Chuck and I are going to dinner, and we're hanging out, and I was like, hey, you want to come over early and tape a podcast and drink a whiskey? I said yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who doesn't want to do that? No one, it's, most people actually don't want to do that, but this, you know. I was pretty excited pretty about start. it. Yeah. So where's your, uh, where are you off to next? Where's your next travel destination? Uh, San Francisco for Metallica. Oh, for Metallica. So a couple, it's like December 17th. So they're playing two shows for their 40th anniversary, and I'm going to the first night, so. That's kind of awesome. I'm really excited, man. Outside of that, I don't have anything planned. Probably try to go to Texas sometime. Okay, got a lot of stations in Texas. And... Yeah, I think I'm. I think I work for a few of those stations. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, this uh, podcast was not really about anything at all. But Chuck's just a good dude and works in radio, right. and we, you know, we talk about music. And let's close. Oh, it, let's I know. No, 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 no. I was oh, gonna okay. say. Oh, we can do that. No. Although, uh, no. No, um, no. I I asked you about the most best concert you've seen recently. Can you tell me the best concert you've ever been to ever? Yep. Uh, That's how you know. Real music people will not give you that old BS. Well, it's so hard. No, no, no. What's the best show you've ever seen? Best show ever uh, was Bob Dylan at the Uptown Theater in Kansas City. It's a capacity of like 1,200, standing room only. Me and my dad and brother went, so that's part part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, just that experience, the connection, the community. Right. Um, but it was 2002. Uh, he had released "Love and Theft" a year earlier, so he's still touring behind that, which is my favorite Dylan album, and just the best band I think he's ever played with: Charlie Sexton, Larry Campbell, just incredible. Uh, but on this like on this leg of his tour. He was covering Warren Zevon, covering Rolling Stones, mm-hmm. covering Neil Young, and like like three or four covers in his set, which is just kind of strange for Bob Dylan right. to cover so many other songs. And just, yeah. But there's the intimacy. It was the people I was with. It was the set list. The just band. Everything, man. Yeah. yeah. How about you? Ever, you? you ever wonder, though, if it was not maybe better just in your mind? Nostalgia? Like, yeah, and you're young maybe. and you don't yeah. know. Like Maybe, yeah. You know. 
Um, the best concert I ever saw. Don't gonna... take it away from me, though, man. Come no, on. I'm not. No, I'm just asking because I think about that with the one I'm about to tell you. Um, I've been. People think I'm kidding when I say this, but you you'll understand. Especially living in Nashville, and I'm sure living in New York City, that's a similar thing. Living in Nashville and working in the music industry, I probably go to three or four concerts a week on average. Yeah, yeah. So I've been here almost 20 years. That's a thousand weeks. That's about three thousand shows. Yeah. And even before I lived here, that was what I lived for. Like I would, yeah, jump over myself to go to concerts. Uh, and I was in a band, so I played two or three shows a week <laughs> when I was in my early 20s. But um, we used to travel around. My buddy Damien and I and a couple other friends used to travel around to see the band Flickerstick. If you just listened to the last podcast uh, with Brandon Lee, um, that's the band that we used to go see. And to say that Flickerstick was the best live band I ever saw is not hyperbole. It was unbelievable i saw the pumpkins in 2000 and billy corgan Ooh. was david bowie he had like stolen his soul yeah. and just was incredible and i some of those smashing pumpkin shows i got to see were amazing and i've seen tori a bunch and i've seen if you can think of an act besides metallica i've seen it <laughs> um and i love rock and roll and country and i've seen a lot of hip-hop and r&b and yeah. a lot of jazz and a lot of amazing things but those 20 Flickerstick shows I saw were probably all in the top 100 of all of my concerts. What was but the, the one best? The one that stands out is Mickey's Billiards in West Monroe, Louisiana, which was a terrible venue for a concert. They're literally playing <laughs> pool in the back. Oh, man. But we got there early, and I used the radio card to get in for sound check. So my buddy, so we saw Flickerstick. So you didn't know them, right? I, I didn't mean, know them. Now you're interviewing them. On, now I'm interviewing them, and I but... and I spent the whole weekend that that weekend hanging out with them, and it was amazing. But back but then you had to pull back, the radio. No, card. I had to pull the radio card. So they we we drove all the way to Denton, Texas, to see them play on a Saturday night, and then the next Friday they were playing at the House of Blues in New Orleans, wow. which was actually an even better show than the Saturday night before in their hometown, and then that Tuesday following they're playing in West Monroe, Louisiana, which was like a three-hour drive from Baton Rouge. So I was like, well, we did just see him twice, but of course we're going. What are you talking about? <laughs> so we, we had like four friends who drove to Dallas, and then it was like 10 of us that went to that New Orleans show, but only Damien and I were stupid enough to drive on a Tuesday night to all the way to West Monroe, three hours away, and drive back the same night, by the way. <laughs> and so we got in early. We watched Soundcheck. We kind of hung out with the roadies because the band was on the bus, and, you know, we we – Stood and then we talked to the band a little bit, like, oh yeah, we came. I, I work for a radio station in Baton Rouge, so you know that the bar let me in, but we paid for our tickets. Oh, cool! So <laughs> we went before the doors opened. We went and secured our spot right next to the stage, and we stood right next to where the the guitar player Rex was. So we were his wedge was right below us facing him but it was still loud enough for us to hear yeah his amp was eight feet in front of us and the pa was right to our right pointed right at us it's the loudest concert i've ever been to because we were right next to all those speakers i love it and we couldn't on the whole way home it was like what <laughs> i didn't say anything are you sure like that kind of thing yeah but it it's a whole night it was just so, it was one of the best sets i ever saw him do in this terrible bar it was packed there was yeah. a thousand people there but Ooh. it was like not it wasn't like seeing him at the House of Blues right. three days before, which is made for that. This was kind of like a cram this is more in. of a crammed in kind of a fill in date, so yeah. they can get to their next stop and not and make a little money. Yeah. But just that I'll show. never forget how loud it was and how great they sounded. And they started playing one of our favorite songs, 
that we had been playing. I didn't even play that with my band, but we had been playing it at parties, he and I, yeah. uh, and singing it together. And then they stop. Like the lead singer goes, "Stop! I'm not. I don't want to sing this tonight." Like it's this big ethereal. It's called Lift. It's this big kind of opening eight minute opus type song that opens their record. And we were it's so close that we both went, "What? No! No! Bullcrap! We drove three hours here. We we play that song without like, what are you doing? Play. You have to sing. So he literally goes, "All right, fine." Fine, 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 fine. We're going to do it. Let's start over. And he goes, I'm literally only singing this for you two guys. That's and we're amazing. Like, and I'll never forget that. I told him that story. He's like, I don't remember that. I'm like, I know you don't, but I do. And that's what matters. And at the end of the night, the drum, the, the drummer had four game-used drumsticks, and he threw two of them out into the crowd, and he walked over and handed that's me and my buddy each one. And I still have it. I took it to the next show. Uh, in Baton Rouge and got them all to sign it. So <laughs> nice. somewhere I have, like, yeah. That's incredible. But when you, I was 22 years old. When you're 22 years old, that's like. That's what you do. That's, that's everything. Going Dude. to that concert with your friends. I the hope that's. singer to say, I'm singing this for I'm you. I'm only singing this for you two. Oh, that's it. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing this. And then, you know. Yeah. He didn't remember that story, but this past uh, two weeks ago when he was in Nashville and he played the show here, um, they told him not to start a song after nine because it was supposed to be seven to nine. Mm. And he sang this really beautiful acoustic, like slow, sad song that he used to do in his sets. And we knew that was going to be the last song. It was like 9.05, but he didn't really finish it. And he kind of just yeah. went into another song and he played Lift, which was a really odd song to to go into. Yeah. But when we didn't, no one expected that to be what he was going to do. And he played it and it was so perfect. Like that oh, was, of man. course, and my buddy who was at Mickey's Billiards in Westmore, he was there. We hadn't seen each other in two years. That's amazing. And we we stood there and, and I started getting people to get out of their seats and the whole crowd just went arm in arm swaying and singing along with the song. It was oh, man. perfect. I love that. It's, it's, what, it's what everything should be. Yeah. So Community. Community. Connection. So tell all your friends, listen to the radio more. <laughs> radio is awesome. And you should stop listening to this podcast and turn the radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait a second. Hey, wait. Um, I want to thank you for coming in. Uh, we had nothing else to do, so this is what we decided to do with our uh, hour and a half. But I hope you had fun. Uh, I hope I you enjoyed the whiskey. This is an hour and a half? Yeah, it's been, no, it's been an hour and six minutes. But, you know. It's time to stop. Yeah, it is. We're going to go eat dinner <laughs> before we say something really stupid and get Chuck in trouble. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, thank you very much. This yeah. podcast is a service of Silverfish Media and Compass Media Networks. Bye, Keith. Bye, Keith.